Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of, right here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast. Hello and welcome to Create Clarity with Charity. Today I have an amazing CEO, Guillaume Bayet from MetaHelm. How are you? Hey, Charity. It's great to be here. I've been looking forward to be on your show for a while, so it's, <laughs> it's a great honor. And Thank I, you for being here. I'm really excited I, about your story. I think it's your 50th show, right? It is. It is my 50th podcast. So I'm like ecstatic that um, you're one of the 50 Dreamcasts. So thank you so much for being here. Be awesome. It's an honor to be here for the 50th. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. And I know that you have some really amazing tools and insight for my audience, the entrepreneurs out there. He has some really great um, tools that I know are going to help you. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about your amazing journey here. I know you've done some really awesome things um, since you've been in the U.S. So let's talk about your life before that, though, first, so everyone can get to know you. Well, as you can probably tell from my name and accent, uh, I'm not originally from the U.S. I come from France and I immigrated here in 2008 because uh, my, my wife is from here and we, she, she made the first move from the U.S. to France and we lived there for, for five years. And then after a while, we decided to, to relocate. She was missing home and I was ready for a change. And uh, one day we were sitting, sitting on the couch and she's like, hey, look, uh, looks like my former job that I left five years ago is opening up again. I, what do you think of that? I'm like, well, you should maybe, and she loved that the place where she, she, she used to work. She's like, maybe, maybe you should give them a call and see what it does. And so in a matter of, uh, of just a handful of weeks, we, we were packing everything. We, we were with our first child at the time. He was nine months old. He's now 14. Uh, wow. And we just packed everything and we, uh, we transitioned into the United States. This was, this wasn't a corporate, um, you know, expatriation process. It was just us mm-hmm. you know, putting everything in boxes and going there. And I landed in Seattle uh, at the end of July of 2008. I knew barely anyone. My English was okay, but not as fluent as now. Mm-hmm. I had no network. I had been to Seattle a couple of times for, you know, um, for the holidays. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a perfect moment, you know, in somebody's life to go reestablish themselves in, in, in the U.S. when the economy is about to crash. <laughs> 2008, yeah. 2000, 2008, yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's where I come from in the last uh, 14 years or so. And previous to that, I, was, uh, I studied in the uh, late 90s as a, as a management consultant, as an entrepreneur also. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a co-founder of, of now uh, four companies. And... Um, I started, you know, uh, helping companies grow faster back in the days as a, as a young consultant, you know, did, mm-hmm. did a lot of, did a lot of trial and error things and learn, learn a lot through, uh, throughout, throughout this process. 
Yeah. And you also come from a long string of entrepreneurs. Your family in Europe had several I, businesses, right? As you were growing up. Yeah, I was, I was, I think I, I would say I would, I, I'd be, uh, I, you know, honestly, I was blessed to be surrounded by uh, people who were, uh, who are still, because uh, they're still alive, entrepreneurs. Uh, and, you know, I grew up uh, as a child uh, running my little tricycle in the in the manufacturer that my grandparents used to run and they were producing uh, buttons and accessories for the garment industry in France, focused mm -hmm. on, the, on the luxury uh, segment of the market. So they were producing um, buttons for Christian Dior and Yves Saint Laurent and oh, wow. Christian Lacroix. And sometimes some of them would say, those big large companies would send those designers and it was this little, little you know, boy like walking around and playing with them. And mm -hmm. so uh, that's 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 the that's the glamorous facet of this. The not so glamorous facet of this that when you when you grow up in an environment like that, you're exposed to uncertainty and tensions, and you know what if you know money problems and and, and client issues. And uh, because for entrepreneurs, as as we as we know, uh, very often time work and, and life kind of tend to mesh and be, be one. And so as a kid, I was exposed to all those conversations, not knowing exactly what to do with them, but that always kind of was there in my, in my, uh, in my early years. Yeah. And so that gave you a good foundation for when you went to school, you knew that you wanted to be in business, like maybe mastering, you know, design and art or mark marketing. You got, I think you got your MBA, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a master's degree in in marketing and B two B services management uh, because I, I thought that's that is my belief. I thought, hey, you know, probably the schools know better, mm -hmm. and I did get a great education. I also learned a lot of things that formatted my mindset a little bit coming out of school, but there also it was a mix of things that I had to forget a little bit down the road, like, okay, forget what the, the textbooks say, just, just, yeah. you know, this is reality now, but also gave me a, a great set of good behaviors, good practices, uh, different business manners that just shape a good etiquette and, 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 a, and a good platform for success later with hindsight. I, that's, you know, I was very fortunate to go, um, to go to, to business school in France and, and, and learn all those, those aspects and tools for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that definitely helps mold us and, and gives us a good foundation. But as we know, it's not everything to success in business. There's so many other yep. things we don't learn in school. So like it didn't really prepare you for the 2008 crash, you know, even having a master's no from idea. France. You can't predict. The other thing, you know, in those, you know, if I think uh, you, you, this conversation charity is taking me way back you know 20 30 years in the past and one of the things that i always uh look at is the change in how we we think about business how we plan for for, for businesses when you know back in the 90s you'd say well what's our 10-year plan yeah and today it's like what's our 10 weeks plan <laughs> yeah. because that's that's just as far as we can go so so the horizon, the, the, I think the horizons, um, uh, the, the, the typical horizon, typical time frame with which you, you're used to play is much shorter. Mm -hmm. um, I, I clearly see a change in how we are able to, to deal with uncertainty. And certainly the past two years have magnified 
the importance of that ability, like to just be kind of on your feet and just be able to improvise and, and, and do what's right. But where I come from was, you know, was planning, oh yeah, we'll plan 10 years out. And all of that is, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And so with that being said, I'm going to bring this up a little early. I just, I just want to talk about this. When you're talking about planning, strategic mm -hmm. planning, it can get so complicated. We list everything. We create all these very complicated, you know, scenarios and checklists and, and, and systems that we're building, or maybe our entrepreneurial business plan, right. Or your plan to even just move to the U S you throughout the years have taken like a, a different approach to planning and yep. creating, um, you know, organization by, by mm. creating pictures and images. So I want to feature this right now. Um, sure. This is, this is one really amazing Thank thing you. that I just love about you. And, and what I think the audience can get out of this is um, maybe you could explain this, actually explain yeah, what we're looking at. Why don't I just talk about the, the, the image that we're seeing here on screen. So um, if you're just listening to this podcast, what we're seeing here, we're looking at an image of me drawing on this really large four by eight feet board uh, at, a, at a conference. And we can't see the audience, but I can tell you there's probably um, 350, uh, 3,500 people in that room. It's, it's a very large ballroom. Uh, in that in that in that conference, and I mean, I'm next to uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft. And I'm just um, maybe uh, several feet away from him, and just drawing live his uh, interview with um, with one of the journalists. Uh, I don't know what he's going to talk about. I have no idea. I, you know, I'm not briefed. I just know who he is. I know what he stands for. But from that moment, I'm here to listen and to represent a visual map of that conversation. The conversation is probably 30, 40 minutes. And I, I use a skill that, I, that is called graphic facilitation. So that's, you know, when you go to my website and you see that image, you'll see the graphic facilitation gallery. And this is a skill that I started developing early on. You're, you're right, Charity, you know me well, uh, because I <laughs> always thought that, um, you know, you, business is, is a serious thing and you, you should use rationality, but I always thought that creativity should play an equal part. This is a theme that Daniel Pink um, talked about in his book, in his 2005 book, A Brand New Mind, A Whole New Mind, sorry, that's the, that's the, that's the reference here. So early on in my career, I just let my, myself doodle during meetings and really, it's not that I was not paying attention, I was actually actually uh, the person maybe uh, listen the most actively in meetings and facilitating meetings in a new way and so that really became one of my signatures um, magic power if you will to be able to bring a large large and, and sometimes divided group of people together and create that alignment through the use of a, of a creative skill set like this one so right so right now you're you're you're, you're showing um, you know uh, charity the some example of some of the speakers that have mapped out through the other years. And so that's my way to integrate, analyze, and listen to, uh, to, to really high level, high touch concepts and turn them into digestible format that is that people can actually use and, and do something with. Because when you do strategy work, you can have the best plan you want. If, you, if, if no one else understands it, it's worth nothing. Yeah. Yes. Right. You can have the you can have the 200 pages, you know, PowerPoint deck with all charts and graphics and arrows and boxes and have a great business plan all documented with numbers. 
But if if that's if that's not actionable because people don't get it, if you're if you're lost in the weeds, it gets you nowhere. You can exactly. take that document and, ju and just throw it away. <laughs> it's worth yeah, nothing. Yeah, and it really is quite boring at times. KPIs, metrics, profit margins. People are like, oh my god, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, and I, you... <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, those are important. You know, I, again, I I don't want to come across as I I uh, undervalue them. I want to make sure that people understand that I I put those two at the same level, but unfortunately, the 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 dominant narrative in our business community is is to be a lot more about rational stuff and forget about the emotional things. Well, that said, uh, recent psychology research um, shows that we make decisions based on emotions and we're going to justify them later with rational thinking. Yeah. So it's interesting how we, thanks to research now, we're, we're shifting the way we approach decision-making at a high level in companies and, and planning, how we organize, how we orchestrate um, complex systems, large set of people towards and align them towards the same goal. Yes, so, and tapping that subconscious mind, those emotions, even in conferences where you're meeting the speakers, like how are you going to remember all these people? How are you going to connect with them when you just hear their name or just see them on a list on a roster? Yeah. But instead we have like an amazing, you know, about their, you know, the most importance about them, you know, their values, their responsibility, you know, right. different colors, different action words that resonate with us. I mean, it really just leaves a much bigger footprint on the brain yeah. when, when you present things like this. So the feedback that we would get, you know, this is a, the, right now we're looking at an image of Steve Ballmer, um, former CEO of Microsoft, um, who is now has, I mean, he, he, he's got many businesses. Um, and, the, you know, the feedback that I, I was getting, you know, doing this live in these conferences was, oh my gosh, you know, when I, 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 I people would come talk to me after the, the, the session and say, you know, this session was great, but there was so much information that when I was getting a little lost or distracted, or I was, I was turning my head on the left, I could see your drawing and I could see you're bringing me back to the topic. You're helping me. This is the value you bring here. So mm -hmm. in that context, in that context, you know, Charity, this is, I was doing this for an event. This is, um, I'm not talking, I'm not facilitating. Now, I stopped uh, offering that service as a standalone offer because my company, you know, grew and, and shifted, but, it, but I still use that skill set when I facilitate uh, meetings and I teach people mm -hmm. how to do it. And I want to encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to really take this very seriously. This is not just a, <clears throat> I'm sorry, this is not just a fun doodling, you know, kind of cutesy stuff. This is actually the base for better strategic thinking and better businesses. Yes. And that's like, I just really love that you touched that with the audience, because when we're thinking about, you know, living our best life, you know, we do the dream boards, we, 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 we really need to envision that. But then when we get down to the components and the complicated systems and drawing out funnels and automations, and it just gets so daunting, like just to take a step back, take a deep breath and draw it out. Right. Yeah. And then the magic happens. I really feel that that is such a high level tool that Usually they, they teach to, you know, certain high level CFOs get in on that. But I think that's something we should have all learned 
at a foundational level is like when it seems overwhelming and frustrating, there's too many movie parts, just draw it out. <laughs> no, no, I said, you know, I could, I could talk. I, I know we've got other, other topics to cover. Yeah. I could talk all day about this. I used to do, you know, a multiple day workshop on this, but one of the, one of the tools I tell people um, to, to use is really a, a shift of mindset uh, about drawing, which is, you know, you, you um, uh, don't, don't draw necessarily what you, what you know, but draw what you hear and what you feel. And there is, there is something magic that happens in that moment, which is, when you spend, say you say say you're used to document your business plan, your activity with highly produced PowerPoint decks, you know, if if those decks convey ideas that I that are that, that should actually be deleted, it takes a, a it takes a much higher amount of courage to do it because you've invested so much time in doing this. Whereas if you're just at a sketch level, and you you need to course correct or or throw away an idea because it wasn't the right one, it's so much easier, so much faster. Because you, yeah. what did you invest in this? It's just a little drawing, right? Yes. Get in that mindset. Yes. Get in that mindset and see the ending result, right? You're going from A to Z and then, you know, yeah. the end of that, that framework or that flow and being able to see yeah. that conceptually and in, in this a, yeah. dimension is, it's this so is helpful. The, absolutely. And this, this is a skill. I mean, <clears throat> you know, whatever company, this, this applies to everyone, whatever company you're in, um, you know, I, I still run a, a small business, but I work with large businesses. I bring that skill set to Google. They mm -hmm. use that skill set in their um, incubator, and they use that that skill set, that 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 drawing skill, uh, to run uh, sprints. So this, I mean, there is there are millions of dollars on the line here, you know, documenting in simple drawings. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I know you don't share that often, but I really no, have to make sure that the audience you gets see, in on that. You will see it directly. This kind of, I'm opening the trunk here, the special treasures. That's what's behind my website. If you do, if you go to my to my website, you won't see the pages that Charity is showing you. I'm just sharing that because sometimes I bring it up in my process. So yes. Yeah, so just FYI, you guys, it's the only place you can see his amazing work and that insight and just try it yourself. Like I have a notebook. I don't know if you guys know, but that's how I do my podcast. I draw the framework mm -hmm. out and eat and, and also my business funnels and structures. And, and it's it's been amazingly useful because I used to do board reports, you know, very strategic and PowerPoint. And those yeah. were my pictures, but they're they're not creative. That's a very logical way to do things. And now tapping into that heart-centered entrepreneur where we're reusing our subconscious mind, our emotions, our feelings that we're being fully connected, that it's not just about logic, then we can bring that entire picture to the people. And that's that's why why you're here because you have some more amazing insights as what well, you know to your experience coming into the US and you know you battling the highs and lows and and making your own way and using your creative to get there and and everything. So let's talk about that. You're, so when you came to the U.S., you know, you had that um, American dream idea in mind and, you know, you already had your master's, you were working for corp corporate in Europe and you had great skills, but <clears throat> it wasn't that great, great a time when you got here. So let's talk about your evolutionary process and, and how that all went down. Well, the the the, the my progress that you, you said it, my evolutionary process that's that's right it was a, it was a big big step in my evolution there because I hit you know um, I hit the west coast I mean 
I live in Seattle now, but the first place I lived was Tacoma, Washington, which is in the suburbs, the south southern suburb of, of Seattle. And it's it's the summer, it's 2000. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm here. I immigrated, you know. I'm, I'm and by the way, I bought a one-way ticket. That was one my way idea. Ticket. <laughs> okay. I made the point, not because it was much cheaper, but but because I, to me it was a symbol. I'm moving there. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. And so I came here with the, with this idea of you know this is gonna work great and the economy crashes. So what do what do you do in that moment? Yeah. You, know, you go and back. And you have a son, or you had your kids and your wife, a, and you're. I have a, 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 a baby. My wife. My wife is a teacher. She's American, but she's uh, she's a French teacher. Uh, so you know, two people on a on a teacher's salary um, with a baby is you can make it, but it's quite tight. Uh, in 2008, in this in this in this part of the country, so I'm like, okay, survival. And say, what do I do? I heard from you know the past and what I heard from the U.S. that you just go knock on doors and offer help and and do whatever you find. So which is something I just which is something I did. You know, uh, I, I'll say being French helps. People are um, you know fa favorable to that culture. There is statistics on that. I'm not making that up. It's a we're a culture that integrates pretty well in the in the U.S. Um, community. And so I started, uh, my first job was to be, um, uh, to work at a pharmacy, mowing the lawn and painting and fixing things. Um, then I got a job at a, uh, at a retail store called uh, Coach, you know, the leatherware company. And I got hired as a seasonal employee to sell uh, designer purses. And uh, this is, this is another, this is something I never shared with you, Charity, but um, I came with the idea that I was the worst salesperson ever when I moved to the States, that was my background. That was my belief. I was a great consultant. I was a great entrepreneur, but I was not necessarily the best salesperson. And that experience actually proved me wrong. In the first few weeks I was there without knowing, without having a, you know, anything to reference, I, I became the, one of the number one salespeople in the district, in a retail store. Mm -hmm. And I, I had no idea. And they, so the area manager comes to me and is like, what are you, what do you say? What was your secret? Like, yeah. <laughs> we've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, I don't know. I just tell the truth. I just listen to people. And um, later on, she offered me the keys to the store. Uh, the, 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 the store manager, it was a $2 million store, 20 employees, small team, but you know, we're in Tacoma in the mall. Mm -hmm. uh, there are about 350 other coach stores in, in, in the US. What are we doing there that is so different? So she handed me the keys of the stores. And uh, one of my golden rule was to teach my team to never see people as walking wallets. Oh, wow. Because that's, that was kind of the impression that I was under when I arrived to this country. It's like, you know, in retail, people see you as potentially uh, spending money. So we get fixated on this. And mm -hmm. like, exactly. So I, I, I spent a great time erasing that mindset to their to their mentality to say, these are people in your community. So spend the time to get to know them, connect with them and really find out what brought them to the store, what's going on in their life and yeah. get to what, what, um, what you could do to make their life better. If that means buying one of our products, great. If not, that's okay too. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, uh, that just brought this mindset, this mentality. So after, um, after a few months, we, uh, we focused on customer service and we broke the record for the whole company. 
um, we were focusing not on, 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 on dollar volume because we could not compete with stores like New York or Rodeo Drive or, or you know, bigger store in Florida. There's no way. The potential wasn't there. But what we could compete on is how we made people feel in the store. That was always, there was, was, was a territory where I could compete with my team. And so we sat down and say, what's, what's the metric? How could we measure this? And it turns out the company would send a secret shopper to our store every month and rank us on, on a series of criteria. And the big story would just be like, eh, we, we're so big. You kind of, they had kind of this mindset, like we're so big. We have make so much like, it's okay. We fail a little bit at this because we're still, we're still you know, doing really well. And yeah. we took this, actually, we took, we took that very seriously. So for 48 months in a row, we broke the record in the company to have 100%. Oh, wow. It was the first time that, ha- that had you know, ever happened in the company. So from that moment, I knew that what I could bring to other companies was, um, sorry, not 48, 36 months, because I stayed there three years, to be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, to, be, to be precise. Um, so from that moment, that was, a, that was, a, that was, a not, that was another confirmation that my what my secret thing was my my best the, the whatever i could bring the best to companies was really this idea of aligning people and change the way they see things change the narrative in their mind in the way they work to build better businesses yes change the narrative oh my gosh it's all in our heads isn't it in our words too <laughs> in our words Absolutely. too yes and really tapping into that, you know, subconscious mind. I mean, marketing is very psychological, right? Selling to people, appealing to people, getting people to want to buy from you is is a process. And focusing on the organic and and the more authentic way to sell. And so that's why I really, you know, love the story about the coach because, um, you know, that is probably your first gateway into this this higher level coaching that you're that you've gotten into right because at that point you started getting some high level executive coaching and mentors that were helping yep. you kind of steer yeah. you and mold you into um what you're doing now right i always saw that that part of my um of my career uh it, it's for, for people that i had left in france i mean here's the context you know i come from a family of entrepreneurs uh graduated from one of the top three schools in France, you know, with a master's, start at uh, working with AT Kearney, which is one of the top five strategy consulting firm in the world in France. You know, I co-found um, three companies. I have a very successful track record. And all of, all of a sudden, my network and friends and family see me in a retail store in the suburb of Seattle selling purses. And they go, what, what's wrong? What's, what's going on here? We don't understand this. Because people come at come at this kind of changes with a lot of uh, prejudice, you know, biases. They don't necessarily see what's happening. The way I saw it was, I want to prove that I can integrate here. I want to first pay forward that I can understand how this culture works, and it doesn't matter where I am. People are people, and I just I just love that experience. To, for me today, it's one of the best experiences in my career. Uh, that said, in parallel, I was seeking coaching all the time. Uh, and there's this big myth that, you know, in business, you have to do everything on your own and yourself. Like, you know, if, if you don't get help, you're just not good. Yes. And it's, it's crazy to me that this, this narrative is so, it's kind of the opposite in, in, in domains like sports or arts. Like, do you think Tiger, Tiger Wood had never had a coach? Right. Tiger Woods, you know, the golfer? 
his dad was the coach. He was the coach from the get go. From the you know he was in this <laughs> in his bassinet. He had a coach, mm -hmm. right? That's how he got so successful. He had incredible, you know, abilities too. But in business, we 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 should really pay attention to this and take this a lot seriously. So the the first thing I did was uh, also seeking coaching. Um, you know, from the from the first month I was I landed in the United States and I I hired some someone, you know, at my level uh that gave me a great great coaching deal and i just invested in myself the whole time uh and today to this day i had you know i i work with two sometimes three coaches all the time because uh you 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 can't i mean if, if you think you can do this on your own you you cannot you're wrong uh you need to be in that open-mindedness uh, state where you have to be okay with vulnerability and seek feedback and, and continue to improve you know who you are that's how you deliver better value for the people you work with it's like a chain you know it comes from somewhere and you just you just pass it on so i, I did seek coaching charity to your point mm -hmm. uh i did i did uh i did that then i still i still do it yeah and i i just want the audience out there to hear i mean that's really where the shift happens the change like sometimes there's points where we feel like we we already know it all or maybe our ego is telling us that we already know it all or we don't need coaching or we feel like a little humbled to ask for help but it's really so important to evolve right and to see things from a different perspective so i love that you you facilitate that and you bring that to the strategic to this to this um narrative that you're creating here it takes mm -hmm. a lot of coaching for people to get into yeah. the strategic narrative right so let's talk about this amazing firm that you've built and what metahelm is and how you help people briefly i mean i know this isn't really a pitch for this because this is more for like you know big corp and that kind of stuff but let's talk about your framework here and how you help people shift their narrative so so my company um is called metahelm and we specialize in strategic narrative for established companies and what we provide, the value we provide is really we guide CEOs, founders, uh, business leaders, business owners to, to do two things. Two things. One is to align everyone inside and outside the company. And number two is to accelerate the adoption of their product. And most of the time, it's an innovation. And so, <clears throat> you know, in the context I operate, I work with uh you, you say big big companies i do uh, and i have a track record for working with big brands i will take on small smaller firms sometimes and i do have an offer for for uh early stage companies because i believe that the earlier you can build a narrative the better you're off so i don't close the door to that it's just a different different approach but yeah. the uh uh the 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 starting point is you know, you can have the best product, you can have the best reputation, the best marketing, but if people don't sustainably and consistently see where your ship is going, uh, you're, you're probably losing millions. You're, you know, you're, you're jeopardizing your company. And, you know, research shows and my experience shows that in companies of a certain size, after, you know, you, you've, you've taken off, you've launched, people start to losing sight of the direction that you're going to long-term and this is accentuated with the fact that these days you know everything feels changing that it's changing all the time so how do you bring people back um you know in sync how do you make them collaborate how do you that's what i mean by aligning them 
Um, uh, how do you bring everyone together? How do you explain to them you know, where the company is headed? And how do you bring them in a conversation where they can also participate in um, you know, where the company should go? Because it's not just a, a one-way top-down thing. It, it, you know, it's, it's a collaborative effort. So that's what my company does. And the results have always you know, amazed me. I get calls sometimes from my clients and they go, you don't know, you have no idea what just happened to me. I just used the narrative that we built together and I just signed a contract that I had, I was, I, I, th I thought we, we would never sign. Um, I'm getting these emails from my teams like, what happened to you? You're, you've renewed your sense of leadership. We've renewed your leadership and you've renewed our, our sense of trust. Mm -hmm. How much is this worth to you guys? How much is this worth to a company? Mm -hmm. Um, and not to mention, you know, these days, people don't just come for a paycheck. I mean, we're seeing it with the great resignation. We want meaning in a company. Yes. So, um, so, so I, re I really, you know, position this idea of a strategic narrative as a simple method to, um, that you can use to, to make everyone understand their business, believe in it, and really get behind it. And, you know, these, these days, I mean, okay, I'm going to stop here <laughs> because I could go on and on. <laughs> I'm yeah, so passionate. and I just want to mention just like so people get a really firm understanding of the the really yeah. um you know strategic kind of questions that you can ask yourself if you need to dial yeah. into your narrative your business narrative like I like this this one spot on your your homepage that talks about you know if your strategy is confusing you'll lose millions right and so mm -hmm. to ask your these very certain questions here that you have like is your strategic initiative slowing down is explaining your big idea complicated are you struggling to bring everyone with you? You know, do you need to unify your team around common message? Like answer these questions and you'll know if you need to work on that, that strategic narrative, right? Yeah. And to simplify it and have it appeal to everyone. So everyone is on the same page. So that's that segment that you that you're pointing out, you know, on my homepage is what I call my 30 seconds uh, self-diagnosis here. You can okay. do it on your own. You, you can go down and if you go like, yep, I've got this, I've got it. Okay. You know that you've, you've got a narrative problem. Mm -hmm. I do make a, a difference between a story and a narrative. I, most people in my space don't, you know, we, we use, you know, the words internationally. I make a great deal um, making a difference. The story has happened in the past. The story is something that has a beginning, a middle and an end. A narrative is a, is a lot more subconscious and mm -hmm. it's something that remains open-ended. In fact, there is a lot, of, a lot more talks in the business community, in the strategy community about the fact that uncertainty might not be as bad as we think. Mm -hmm. When uncertainty is around, things are open-ended. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with AI, with NFTs or cryptocurrencies, for instance. I'm giving you examples here or you know, uncertainty in the with uh, with the tension in Europe now, what this creates is that people are will race to the next level. They will be more motivated. They will feel a sense of engagement. They want to be participants of um, of how we're going to answer uh, these questions. So when I do work with airlines and tech companies and you know first time founders, I always I always make a point of explaining to them what the difference is. Okay, if you're in the storytelling mi mindset, which for me, storytelling, business storytelling, 
telling one, 1.0, oh, I call it. It's kind of dead, to be honest. Mm. I go, if you're in there, what you're seeking to do is giving certainty and guarantees and you're, 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 you're making this great effort to, to reassure people all the time. But the truth is you don't know. So why don't you say the, tr the truth and say, mm. our company has come from, come from this background. This is where we are today. We're thinking we are going this way, but we'd like to invite you as a participant to our brand. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly how big brands like Nike, Apple, have op op operated throughout the decades, but they were just outliers. And then what I'm thinking now is, is that there's really a democratization of, of that approach, that leadership approach to, uh, to company building. Like building a narrative is creating a strong call to action that people can rally around. It's really building a company that is a vehicle to create an impact that you know, we're, we're all hope for. It's not just selling mm -hmm. stuff to people. I just hate that. Like, you know, we're, we're selling, we're just, we, we, our goal is just to make money first. No, your goal is to, is to help a community first. And then if it means you're, it, people are going to buy your product to do that, then great. Yeah. But maybe yeah. it's another solution. You don't know. That's the open-ended mindset here. I love that because it really is about solving problems, right? We create businesses to help people solve their problem or have products that help solve a problem, right? And so that's really key now. And to have that in your CTA, to have that in your call to action, to have that as, you know, the foundation that first we're going to solve your problem. Here's our solution. Even if we're still figuring out a bulletproof process for the solution, right. the first step I know. is solving that problem exactly i know i know you have a great book on you know evolutionary entrepreneurship you know charity and i i, I love to hear how this 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 came up to you know how this came up you know how this came to you like what what was there i mean this is a candid question if you're okay with that sure. uh, i don't mean to re i don't mean to reverse the roles but still i think it's fascinating to 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 hear you know how you came up with this idea of, of your book like especially with the word evolutionary yeah, my, yeah. my, my hypothesis is that you were in that exact mindset that I was describing. Yes. And it's more heart centered, right? So I, I did a lot of work on, um, having the heart brain connection, connecting, not just my, you know, methodical strategic mind of being an accountant, CFO, business owner right. for all these years, we're very in the box. And sometimes we lose that heart centered mentality that, you know, we can change the world together. This is a collective. This is something that we all do together and we're on the same mission. And here we are changing lives and transforming people's mindsets and helping them come into that more elevated existence than just capitalism and making that almighty dollar, right? It's about changing the, the, the heart and the mind at the same time. So that's, that's why what the book and really my nine step programs to inner freedom, you know, learning to tap into the conscious mind and let it do its job and to program yourself with positivity and love and the vision and really dialing into what problems we're solving for others and that's how perfect. we can help. So that's, that's and I bet I, I would I would tell me if I'm wrong, but I would bet that you had that as a found as a foundational uh, platform, right? Platform of, of thought of idea, and then the products that you created over time the, these these came maybe after. They're not just afterthoughts; they're integrated, mm -hmm. but they maybe came after and they and they continue to evolve, right? 
Yes. So it's an evolutionary process, right? Because we're always okay. growing. As long as we always know that we're always growing, learning, metamorphosizing, and creating a better vision right. of how we can help others and, and ways we can do that through systems, through programs, yeah. through, you know, podcasts, through books, through, through all the things that we're doing to help, you know, elevate people that may not have had that, that yes, um, insight yet, you know, and, and it took me 40 years to find it. So when, so, after 20 years of being in corporate, you know, when do we get that light bulb moment? Right. So what I'm, I'm hearing, so back to the topic of narrative, cause I think, you know, thank you for letting me ask this question. Cause what I wanted to do here is kind of, you know, um, mirror a few things here. One, you the, the thing you just said, it took you 40 years. It takes a long time to build a narrative like that. That's also a message for our audience here is like, don't wait. Yeah, don't <laughs> wait. Now. No, yeah, I because now a lot of my students are in their 20s and they're just fresh out of, you know, they were stuck in COVID and couldn't go back to school and they need to change their narrative too. We all did. We all had to fill that massive shift where it's time to take control exactly. and power of our own life and really tap into our soul mission and purpose. And what does that feel like to us? What does that look like? So that's why I love the drawing. Like, because if yeah. we just list out and write out things about how we want our life to be, but we can't really see the picture and the, and the process of it evolving and really getting into like, what, how would life feel better if we came from it in a perspective of what problem do we solve? How do we help others through our skills and talents? And the second thing I hear, you're able to talk about it on the spot to any yeah. audience, right? It's, yes. it's fully integrated. It's not a marketing message that you, that you have somebody else developed and put on your website and that you don't, maybe you don't know exactly and you can't repeat it. Because I see that all the time. Yeah. You know, will tell me, oh yeah, we've got a great narrative. Like, what is it? Um, I'm not sure. Let's look at our website. I'm like, okay, we have a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> so the second thing I hear is that you embody it, you embody it, you can talk mm -hmm. about it, you can make people excited about it. And the third thing I hear that shows me that you have a great strategic narrative is that you're able, you're able to name it, you give it a label, mm -hmm. evolutionary entrepreneurship. Yes, yes. Right? Yes, because so it this, is a shift. It's a choice and a mindset. Right. Like you're, so you're the, right. these are the things that I seek my clients to go after. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I, I really, it's like my sole mission now and my life's purpose, you know, because I love business. I love entrepreneurship, but it mm -hmm. did have kind of like, um, the narrative was very too strict, rigid in the box for me at a lot of times where I just, um, mm -hmm. felt like I wish I could express my creative more. I wish I liked right. this more, you know, like I wanted it to be more yeah. heart centered and, and have a better image and vision of how I help people. And, and so, I think that's really the core of it is that heart brain connection and really understanding um, how we can help others. So let's talk about that. Cause I know you have an awesome offer. We could talk about your CT yeah. now, your strategic narrative um, yeah. opportunity for our audience to get in with you. So um, the first thing that I, I want to, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit is really understanding what I, the, the definition that I put behind strategic narrative. Most people will say, Oh, it's like um, telling an important story, right? Uh-uh, something bigger than that. So it's in this book. Um, if you go to my website and you just type in strategicnarrative.com, that's how you will end up on my website. You will be able to download uh, my latest ebook for free. It's called Strategic Narrative, a simple method that business leaders can use to help everyone understand their business, get behind it, and believe in it. There is an ebook version. It's a quick read. 
And there's also a video version that has received um, really raving reviews. Um, it's a 13 minute video. What is 13 minutes in your day? Uh, it's not, not, not a lot. You know, we're used to like 30 seconds TikTok things these days, but 13 minutes may feel big because that's an important topic. You're going you're gonna to learn a few things. You're going to learn why alignment is so critical, how to create more impact, and the, the meat of this book is, is about debunking, debunking a myth, debunking the myth of traditional business storytelling that most people think is only about hooking more clients with better marketing. This is not what this should be about. You know, there is a difference between a story and a narrative. Storytelling is awesome, but building a narrative with storytelling is what gets you to the next level. And in the book, you'll find out about five powers and 10 principles to mobilize people. So I give concrete actions, concrete steps you can take. And I give uh, my uh, examples of some of my clients who've done it. That's amazing. I'm signing up. I, I am so into this. This is, this, is the, this is the whole point. Now, this is the creative and the strategic and everything powerful in business has to do with your yeah, message. Heather. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's, it, it comes, that's, that's when it comes together. Yeah. Um, when, when you get this book, you know, you'll be asked for your email. I send you maybe a, a follow-up. I don't spam people because um, I feel like it's up to you to decide if this is for you or not. And just tell me if you need help. Yes. You guys take him up on that offer, really dial into your story to your you know, your pitch story offer and have it have a strategic narrative that isn't just about getting that new lead or just, you know, you know, collecting another email or whatever, you know, and monetize it with real soul-centered, heart-centered intention first and know what that is. So everyone can jump on board and, and know that, um, that you can help them with their, with their mission. So, uh, so awesome that you're here. Um, Guillaume, I, I so appreciate you and all your insights. Um, and everyone, don't forget strategic narrative. You can go to metahelm.com slash get. get oh, just, go, just go to strategicnarrative.com. It just, it just gets you okay, there. Okay, strategicnarrative.com. Yeah, yeah, that's the secondary link. Perfect. Perfect. So yes. And, and then there you can work with him and see if, you know, he can help you dial into yep. the most effective message for your business. So yep. that is really awesome. You guys, I hope you have a wonderful day. Do you have any last words of inspiration for the audience? Well, Charity, I want to say your, your, um, your podcast is awesome. And I was so honored as they here for the 50th, 50th. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with these guys. Um, you know, building a strategic narrative is not an act of literature. It's an act of leadership. So it's time for you to step up and, and do it. Yes, it's time. Really dial into your soul mission of that business so you can enjoy it and help others. It's, it's the best way to go. So thank you again thank for you, being Jerry. here. Yeah. Guillaume, I really, Guillaume, I really appreciate that insight and um, all your creative um, strategic planning models are so impressive. I love it. it just inspired me. So yay. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to help Charity. It was a great, awesome. great, that energized me so much. So Oh, good. Well, we will be in touch and everyone, yeah. thanks for listening. And, you know, don't forget, you don't have to list everything. You can draw a picture of, you know, what your success looks like. So try that as well. All right. Have a beautiful day. Ciao. Bye, Charity.
Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guests as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of, right here on the Create Clarity with Charity Podcast.